Good evening, Panthers fans. I'm Curtis Brown, and welcome to our 32nd episode of Panthers 360 Radio. Tonight we have a special draft um, show for everyone out there. It's going to be a first-round mock draft of all 32 picks. Um, Me and Joe here will be um, airing our mock drafts for everyone to hear, and James will pipe in every now and then. And we'll also talk about the schedule a little bit by the Panthers that has been released, and we'll we'll actually begin with that. Um, so as always, as, uh, we all know, Tim has been off the show for a while and that is going to stay like that for some time. I think, uh, he's been working hard, so kudos to him, but we got James Barber, the mayor, of course, James, how you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I'm glad to be back for our 32nd episode. Um, Ready for some fantasy football? How you doing out there, Joe? You there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm doing. Everything's going all well. This, you know, this round time of the year is my favorite time of the year. The releasing of the whole NFL schedule and our big mock draft for tonight's episode. Yeah, and just for all the Panthers fans out there, where the hell are you? Get on our show and listen in. Uh, you two guys that are on here, go throw it up on Facebook to your friends to get on here. We need some more people on the show. This is pathetic. Um, but anywho, for all the fans out there, um, if you want to tune in tonight, um, you can do so by going to talkshoe.com and putting in our call ID number at the top of the screen, and that number is 134-234, followed by the pound key. Again, that number is 134 and don't follow that by the pound key, I lied. Um, but you can also call in by dialing 724-444-7444 and use our caller ID number, which is 134-234, followed by the pound key. That number again is 724-444-7444, and our number is 134-234, followed by the pound key. we like to have some more people on here. I'm missing Obadiah. I don't know where he is. I'd like to get Tim back on here. I don't know where John is at the moment. Um, but... That doesn't stop us at all. We're going to keep doing this no matter if we have one listener or none. Um, So let's start it off here, and we're going to start with the schedule. Uh, And I'm going to run down – I'll run down the first first five games, and then we'll discuss them, and we'll go from there. So we'll start with the first game for the Panthers. It's going to be Sunday at 1 o'clock. And they are going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. In the second week, they're at home at 1 o'clock versus the Houston Texans. Uh, the third week, which is September 27th, they're at home at 1 o'clock to the New Orleans Saints. Week four, they uh, play at 1 o'clock in the Buccaneers. And to round it out in week five, they have an earlier bye this year. So at week five, they have a bye. Um Joe, we'll start with you. I think this I mean, this is the first time you heard the schedule, I'm assuming, unless you've been on Twitter before this. What do you think of those first couple games? I mean, Jacksonville, I hope that's a W. Uh, Houston should be. And then after that, it's division games, and we we rounded out with Seattle. So, I mean, what, what do you think of the first five games for the Panthers? All right, I'm looking at the – I'm actually on Panthers.com right now looking at the schedule. Um this will be a good season open game, you know. Give Cam an early start to the rhythm, get him started against week one against Jacksonville. Week two against the Texans, it's going to be a test for our, our, how our offensive line is going to pan out against J.J. White and Clowney. But I think it's going to be a tight game. We'll get that one. The Saints, I think we should easily beat the Saints. We'll, I think if our defense gets to Drew Brees, we'll, you know, we'll win that. The Buccaneers, 
will be our first look, looking at the potential number one pick this year. Either, you know, Winston or Mariota, and we'll go over that in our mock draft. So we'll see how that game goes. And against the Seahawks, you know, that's always a big test for us. And we'll see how we if we can rebound this year and get a W. I kind of um, I kind of tend to agree with you there. You know, I'm I'm kind of glad that we actually have some division games within the first within the first couple. Of, you know, what I'm saying the first couple of games of the season because before you know last year we we got stuck with all of them at the end of the year. You know, whatever came beforehand didn't really matter until we played our division games. No, let's mix and match. Let's get them in there and and give us another chance to take a shot at at the former defending champions. You know, Seattle, they're going to be a formidable opponent again this year, especially with the additions that they've made with Jimmy Graham and re-signing Marshawn Lynch and those type of things. You know, they're going to be a formidable opponent, and they can't keep beating us the way they have, you know, within the six points, seven points, eight points, those type of things. They can't keep beating us like that, except in the playoffs. They whooped our ass last year. My bad. They whooped the shit out of us. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great thing for Cam Nam to go ahead and get an early start and go ahead and start cranking in division games so we can know as far as where we sit and what we need to do going into the latter part of the season after week five. Curtis, am I right or wrong? You said that we have a bye in week five? Yes, sir. Okay, so we can, we, we can start cranking out a little bit of, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of momentum going into the latter part of the season, especially within the first month or so. So that should be good for us. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, we haven't had a bye this early in the season in a very, very long time. So that means we have to worry about keeping our health issues advanced and things like that. So, you know, I hope that it works out in a better form for Cam and and Luke Heakley and our defense and things like that. Curtis? Yeah, and it is a little wor- it, I mean, you got to worry a little bit coming out since week five is the bye, but I think we've got over all those injuries, and we hope so because last year was just a mess, and hopefully we can bounce back from that. And the week five bye, it's going to suck because it's going to be a long stretch after that week. Um, but I think it's going to be a good change of pace for them. Um, okay, I, I Sorry to cut you off. Okay. We had a stroke of luck last year that hasn't been seen in the NFL since the Seattle Seahawks were able to do it when they walked in with a losing record and still were able to knock off the New Orleans Saints. The very next year, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, the very next year they won the Super Bowl championship. Is that what's on pace for the Panthers, or do y'all feel like we're still a couple of steps away well, I ain't talking about championships this soon, James. It's way too okay. early yet. Got to see what the draft's going to, um, what's going to happen in the draft. But speaking of Seattle, let's jump to the six to ten uh, range here. Actually, six to eleven. Week six, we're October eighteenth at four o'clock. We play Seattle at Seattle, so we get our rematch we all wanted. Um, it's going to be tough to beat them. There's no doubt about it. Um, can they can they do it? Do they have a chance? Yes, every team's got a chance, but we'll see. It's going to be tough for them. So they play that game in week six. Come week seven, Joe's team, the Philadelphia Eagles, come to town in Carolina, and that is a Sunday night football game. Then we get a ten day stretch. And week eight, we play Monday night versus Indianapolis Colts. Luck versus Newton. Luck, the guy who was supposed to come to Carolina and backed out. So that's going to be a matchup. Pretty good one. Then week nine, this is a tough stretch for the Panthers to go from Seattle, Eagles, Colts, and then they play the Green Bay Packers at home. And we all know what happened there last year. They got dominated and they looked embarrassing. And then we go to week 10. They get a little break. Uh, they play at 1 o'clock versus the Tennessee Titans. And then they round it out with week 11 playing the Washington Redskins at home. So it, this part of the schedule resembles a little bit of last year's. I remember the Panthers last year, they ended up playing the Saints, the Seahawks, the Packers, the Eagles. Um, 
And they ended up playing Atlanta, Atlanta to round it out, and that was a five-week stretch. And that's kind of similar. Coming off the bye, they, go, they play in Seattle, and they play at home versus the Eagles, play at home versus the Colts, play at home versus the Packers. Um, so that's a four, four games right there that are going to be tough. Um, I could see them going 0-4, and I could see them going 2-2. I could see them going 1-3. I really don't know um, at this point. But let's start with James. I mean, what do you think of that stretch of schedule from 6-11? to well, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty tough. Yeah, I feel that we we always win and, and get a, and get our advantage through our division games. Um, we're 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 going to have to win our division just to get to that next level. I mean, we all know this, and we all know that we're not favorite to win our division. I mean, according to the article, according to what we've read, you know, there are certain amount of teams, a certain amount of teams that won't make it back the next year. So according to our schedule and the strength of schedule, we're not one of those teams that are going to make it back next year. Me being the optimist that I am and the mayor of Panther Nation, I feel like we can win every game that we play. Some games will be more difficult than others, yet I feel like we can win. So... Do we have a three-peat in mind? Yes, I do. Do I see it happening? It's going to be a a, a bit of a tough. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit of a tough deal because we have to see what DG and and, and what our coaches have in mind and, and and what we're doing with our off season first. I like All right, Joe. What what do you what do you think of that stretch, Joe? Okay, from you said six from eleven. Yeah. Okay, if you look at, I think, through six through nine, it's a possibility where they might have a little tough patch or maybe even go one and four. Oh, but, you know, geez. after that one and – after that maybe that – no, I'm just looking at the first six through nine. I'm saying they could potentially go one and four. That's you mean, me right you mean one, and one, and three, one and three, one and three, one and three. Oh, yeah, one and three. Say when they go against the Seahawks, I'm looking at six. The Eagles at seven. The Colts at eight and the nine, between those four games, I say they can go, yeah, one and three. Then, you know, I think that tough stretch they'll have, they'll, you know, learn from it. And then 10 and 11, I think they'll strive and just win those two games going after that. Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. I think they're going to struggle in those games. And I was pretty realistic. I was pretty unrealistic last year. I remember when we did this, and I thought that big stretch so we had, where that? they played five teams. Hold on, James. When they played five teams that I thought were pretty damn good, with Packers, Seattle, Eagles, Saints, all those teams, and they ended up going zero and four. So realistically, you're looking at zero and four, one and three record from week six to nine they might be able to squeeze one out between the Seahawks, Eagles, Colts, Packers. And if they get more than that, it's a bonus because some of these games in the beginning of the year, they should be able to win. Then you got the Titans and Redskins around all week 10 and 11. Um, but let's move on to week 12 to 17. We have well, – My biggest question is, man, um, are, are these other teams that are formidable within our schedule, you know, so other than the playoff teams, are they still going to be formidable opponents next year? You know, we, we, we all suffer losses. And James, I'll tell you what. The Seahawks aren't falling off the face of the earth. The Eagles oh. aren't falling off. The Colts aren't falling off. And the Packers sure as hell aren't falling off. <laughs> so there you go. There's that. Going on to week 12, we got the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Panthers Nation, it is about time – Carolina is playing a Thanksgiving game. This will be the first time ever they're playing the Dallas Cowboys at 4.30, and that is unfortunately going to be up against Greg Hardy, which I do not want to see. I want to close my eyes at the thought of it, but it's going to happen. Then on December 6th, which is week 13, we play the Saints at the Saints. We have back-to-back away games. Then we play... Atlanta at home on week 14 at 1 o'clock. And then week 15, we got a 1 o'clock game at the Giants. Week 16 at the Falcons at 1 o'clock. And we round it out with week 17 in January playing the Buccaneers at home. 
Well, seeing that schedule, what do you guys th- what do you guys think, James? I mean, yeah. You I shouldn't even ask James. He's uh, he thinks we're going I mean, sixteen. No, 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 Yo, no, what do you got? Of course, of course I'm like I'm, I'm like kind of biased because I, I feel like we should win every single game. I mean, that's being the mayor. Yeah, realistically speaking, we will lose. We will lose. Uh, at least one of the last two. I mean, one of the last two or three. I mean, I, I, that's how. That's just how I see it. We, we we can't win them all, and especially not within our division. Everybody's fighting and and, and scrambling for a, a you know what I'm saying a fourth front chase. So we can't win them all. I if we win the division this year, I'll take it. If we don't, then I'll take a back seat and see what we can do. On a further notice, where you at, Joe? Just give give, give me some um, type of optimism. Looking, all right, I'm looking at how the schedule's looking. How he just said, mm-hmm. I see a potential four and two, or maybe even a five and one throughout those six games. I think the one team that's gonna you know be a legit good challenge is the Cowboys. You know, we'll oh, be, Cowboys. you know, I think the Cowboys at week twelve is gonna be a good game on Thanksgiving. Then you know. Like Curtis said, week 13, 14, we play the divisions with the Saints and Falcons. 15 with the Giants, you know, we'll see if Eli's going to have a better year. We'll see if the defense pans out. Then we finish out with 16 and 17 with the Falcons and Buccaneers. And I think that, you know, I think they're, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but I think, you know, they're winnable games for us. So I'd say, if I want to project, I want to say 5 and 1 out of the last six. Wow. Wow, five, five and one. one. There, that's just five no way, one. in hell, Joe. You're you, you no, must no, have James must be no. talking to you. No, no if I'm you look at Go ahead, Joe. The Cowboys game is gonna be a definitely challenge. And if I had to say four and two, the only team I'd be really considered is possibly how the Giants do. If Panthers defense can pan out against the good offense of the Giants, we'll see. See, I disagree with you because it's not more or less about the Giants and what they do this year because Eli is, you know, he's almost hit or miss. You know, if he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's off. Um, I really feel more like it's about what we can do within our division in those last four or five games after we set our pace and set our tone that can describe how we will be the team going into the playoffs, given that we make it, you know. I don't. I don't think that we really have much to worry about within our division. Does anything that is there anything that's happening within the NFC South that's really giving anybody custom to worry about us repeating as champions? Y'all tell me. At, you know, at the moment, I think it's a little early. You know, we got to see how you know the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints draft. But if I had to say one team. I'm worried about if they get a defense right, it's the Falcons, personally, just me. Because, you know, I think Drew Brees is starting to fall a little bit. You know, Matty Ice is still good. You know, they got a new head coach coming from a defensive coordinator in Seattle. I think he's going to tween that defense up in the draft. And, you know, I think Atlanta could give us a little run for our money, potentially. That's If I had to give a team out to worry about, I'd say it would be Atlanta this year. Why? Just because if you look how you know their offense is fine, what killed them last year was the inconsistency of playing defense. Their defense was towards the bottom of rankings last year. The new head coach, you know, coming from Seattle, the defensive coordinator, he's going to make sure throughout the whole draft he's going to fill in the right pieces to try to get the defense better. Yeah, James, I think you're sleeping on some of these shows because we talked about this last week with being Atlanta being the team to look out for if uh, yep. they can figure out no. that defense. I mean, not really because because of how they rearranged it yet. What, what makes us not the odds-on favorite to repeat as the three-time champions? That's what that, that's really my biggest concern. I, I'll I tell you to... why there's odds against us. No team's ever won three in our division in a row. That's no why. Teams ever won uh, you you also you also have um, three teams that unrealistically just fell off the face of the earth last year that were twelve and four, ten and six around that area, and all of a sudden they won seven and eight last year. So it can bounce all around. It really can. And 
who knows the box the box could be up there i mean you, you never know okay. I and mean, we'll see we'll, we'll see when it we'll see when it comes but enough about the schedule let's go on to this draft because this is going to take i think a while um joe you will and we'll leave it at we're going to leave it at that we'll start off joe here we go I think you've been waiting for this all week. Actually, you didn't even know this was happening until today, and you were pretty excited. You called me like three times um, today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin, and I'm going to share the first pick. I'm going to share the picks by um, Mel Kuyper in his latest mock draft and also um, Todd McShay's. And we'll just we'll, I'll name those, and then I'll, me and you will switch off back and forth uh, who goes first for each um, pick. And we'll start okay. off with the first pick, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm assuming this is going to be across the board, but um, Mel Kuyper's got Jameis Winston um, going to the Buccaneers. And along with uh, McShay, um, all signs are pointing to that. And we'll start with you, Joe. What I mean, I'm assuming is that's who you have going to the Bucs? Yes, sir. It's Mr. Jameis Winston from Florida State. And I mean, let's talk about let's talk about Winston a little bit. Do you think it's going to be a smart move for them to take Winston over Mariota? Or I mean, and that and the ultimate question is, is clearly then you think Jameis Winston isn't going to have a problem off the field? I just think that if the Bucks can, you know, the Bucks got some talent that you know can surround Winston. Lovey Smith is the type of coach that won't take that kind of crap that Winston had. Winston did interview at the combine saying, you know, the past is the past. I want to get by that. I'm an NFL player now. My focus is on helping a team win. You know, that's a great attitude to have. And honestly, I think Jameis Winston is the most pro-ready quarterback in this draft. That's why he's going number one. Yeah. Okay, we'll Hold on, James. James, no questions until I go because this is going to get way too messed up here. Um, and we'll be here the rest of the night. But let me add to what you said there, Joe. Brandon Marshall came to, the, came to Chicago when Lovey Smith was there. And Brandon, Brandon Marshall had off-the-field issues. I mean, he had allegations. I want to say he was hitting his wife or something like that. It was something along those lines, but he had something in Miami. And then he got he moved um, to Chicago, um, and then he he for the most part cleared up his off the field issues. I mean he had some trash talking he did during press conferences after that, but for the most part he stayed he stayed right to that line. Um, so going going to Lovey Smith's history, I think I think it's you it's. It's deserved. It's deservedly so to say that he's not going to tolerate that crap. And if Winston does become, it has off the field issues like Johnny Manziel has, and missing meetings, staying out late before games, whatever the case is, this is going to be a train wreck and a bust at pick one if he has off the field issues. But I honestly think. He's worth the gamble. He's the best quarterback in the draft. He's the most smooth and fluid quarterback in the draft, and I think you take him. Now, say, now saying that, if he has an off-the-field issue, he is going to be the worst pick. Right. So, oh, oh, okay, we, 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 we hear a lot of the draft talk about Mariota and, um, and Jameis Winston. So, if Jameis Winston is going to be the number one pick, nobody's concerned about his off-field aspects and what he brings to the, and what he brings to a team. You're like, oh, that was just. I mean, I'm a professional football player now. Um, what does that play? What does that actually play in the role of drafting him? Because if he was immature before and he couldn't handle the spotlight, what makes you think he'll be able to handle it on the next level? I mean, what, yeah. what, what part of what, what part of this is personal? I mean, like really, just be honest let, with me, guys. What part? No, of James, let me answer that because I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. Let me answer yeah, what, that. What part is his personal preference versus what you see on the field? Because Mariota has no issues off the field. Yes, I, I agree. I, I I honestly think it's a system fit. Um, if Tampa Bay 
can work with Marcus Mariota, I say go for it. But I think Jameis Winston has is more talented than him in a pro-style-ready quarterback. And, of course, his personal is a huge part of deciding whether to draft him or not. And you still gotta you still gotta walk walk the tightrope with him, and you just gotta you just gotta trust in him. And if you if, and that's it all goes back to those interviews. The Lovey Smith had I'm assuming many interviews with Jameis Winston, and it's either can you trust him what he's saying now, and hopefully he doesn't have the off the field issues, or do you not trust him and go a different way? And that's what they're gonna play with. And I. I think they're set on something. I know there's a report that came out that said the GM or the, someone on the Bucks, their pick is locked in. They have, they know who they're taking at uh, pick one. Um, but I think you play that fine line of can you trust him of what he's told you, and that's all you really can do because you don't know. He could come out and be Johnny Manziel, and he's in rehab next spring. Um, but you just got to trust the interviews you've done with him and the um, – the homework you've done on him and the research and all that. And that's all you really can do. There's, I mean, these guys aren't fortune tellers. They can't tell what's going to happen, but I mean, they just got to trust. I, I agree with you there, Curtis. You know, I, I mean, I, I was just wondering where was the basis of it because for weeks we've been hearing now leading up the draft how, you know, it, it, it was a 50-50 chance between Mariota and Jameis Winston. I mean, w- what is the really overshadowing concept that would take you, I mean, that, that, would, that would push you to pick one over the other? That's the one thing that we're all failing to realize. That everybody's telling me about this pro-style offense. What if he was in the pro-style offense and he fails horribly like Jamarcus Russell? Hate to give, I don't want to give him bad names. Let me knock on wood for that. Um, I, I don't want to give him a bad a, a bad. I do if he's going to Tampa Bay. Well, <laughs> shit. Well, shit. But, James, I mean, we can play what-ifs all day. And I mean, what if the world ended tomorrow? I mean, no more you just football. you got to go with your gut, and if you're say if if this guy you think's going to be a problem, then don't draft him. If you think he's going to be fine, then draft him. I mean, it's there's no other way around it, and it's kind of like the Cam Newton situation. Cam Newton obviously didn't have these much allegation as much allegations towards him, but it's kind of the same thing when the Panthers were picking number one, and people were saying, "Well, why pick him? Uh, why not take Blaine Gabbert or Darius?" Uh, with the first pick in the draft, like Cam Newton's had off the field issues with Auburn and his dad. Why, why take him? And look, I mean, look how that panned out. So I don't know. It's 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 a risk the Bucks have to be willing to take, and I think they are going to take that. That's why I have him Winston going to Tampa as well. But we got to keep this rolling because we got a whole thirty-one other picks. But good questions. Um, let's go to the second pick here. We have. This is where it's going to get interesting. Mel Kuyper Jr.'s got Marcus Mariota going to the Titans at two, and so does McShay. And I'm going to start here, and I'll go to Joe. We're going to flip back and forth here. I got the Tennessee Titans taking Leonard Williams, the defensive end, out of USC. I mean, I don't know much about the guy. I've been doing some searching on some of these guys, um, where they are going to fall. And I don't see them taking Mariota at two. I don't. I think they like Mettenberger, and I'm going to stick to that. Um, do I think Mettenberger's the answer? No, but they clearly do, I think. I'll pick defensively for them. Joe, what do you got at two with the Titans? I got Titans actually, you know, Curtis, I could say bright minds, think alike. I have them actually picking Leonard Williams from USC. You know, it would be a good fit putting him next to a young stud in Jarrell Casey. They also added Brian Garoppolo in free agency, so I think they're going to get a, a good little defense pass rush. And honestly, we'll see what uh, Ken Winston can work with. Maybe he can give uh, Mettenberger – no more time learning, better playbook. Maybe he can turn him to a better pro. So it's still early. So, you know, I like Mettenberger personally. So I think they go with the best player in the draft. In my eyes, is Linda Williams. All right. Well, I don't like that we agree. Um, so let's move on here. Um, let's go to pick three. Uh, let's look at um, 
Mel Kuyper is here, and Mel Kuyper, he's got at pick three, Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Williams, the guy we just talked about, and then McShay, he's got Amari Cooper going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville acquired Marquise Lee in the second round last year, wide out. Um, and they also they also lost Cecil Shorts. So those there's some accusations. Joe, let's start with you, and then James will answer your question after we do the two picks here. Joe, who do you got at going to Jacksonville at three? Jacksonville, I have defensive end outside linebacker Dante Sauer Jr. from Florida going there. He's a good fit because and passing downs. <laughs> yeah, passing downs. He can play that you know, that rushing end. And running downs, you know, depends on where they're going to put him personally. I think I'll have him next. If they're staying with the 4-3, maybe add more muscle and I'll have him play an end. But he's a young stud. Jacksonville, wants, I think they need to build the defense up this year. They did all offense last year. So I think it's going to be a defensive draft for Jacksonville. And, Joe, you said Jacksonville runs a 4-3? I believe they do, yes, a 4-3 okay. defense. See, that worries me. All right. Joe, I think you stole my cheat sheet because I got Dante Fowler Jr. going to the Jacksonville Jaguars too. However, from what I'm reading on his on his uh, on his um, overview here on NFL.com, he's a strong side three four outside linebacker. So switching to four three, I mean, is the, I, he can. All right, I, I, if you if you watched him, I I'll take your word for it, but. That's who I got. Now, James, you had a question for us. What was that? No, I was uh, really truly. My, my biggest question was for you to say Jacksonville Jaguars again for everybody can hear it so you can hear it exactly the way I heard it. Go ahead, Curtis. Say Jacksonville Jaguars for us. Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, I'm done. All right. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't know where the hell that was going, but let's go on here. Let's go to the uh, – the Raiders. Raiders. All right. Uh, Mel Kuyper, he's got Amari Cooper going to Oakland. And it looks like McShay has Leonard Williams, who we talked about for the Tennessee Titans. I'll start off this one. I have to agree with Mel Kuyper here. Um, Amari Cooper, best wide receiver in the draft. Um, they need him. What do they got? James Jones over there. Um, they did that crab tree, and they asked yes, and they also had a crab tree. They put Amari Cooper there, and they got three solid wide receivers for Derek Carr to throw to. Um, I think they need to give get weapons for him because he he's shown flashes last year at quarterback, being a rookie, and yes, giving him some weapons. I, I honestly think this guy could uh, be shining in a few years or bring this Oakland team back to relevance. Joe, what do you think? I had the Oaklands, I had the Oakland Raiders picking actually Amari Cooper from Bama. He is the best receiver <laughs> coming out of this draft. I know Curtis, bright minds think alike. Amari Cooper, you know he's the best receiver. There were some arguments about Kevin White, but I think Amari is more ready receiver. Give him uh him going to Oakland to give Derek Carr a weapon of the future. You no, know, his number one receiver of the future. So would open up the passing game up even more for Oakland. Yeah, Joe. I think from here on out, this is where our mock drafts get a little hairy with each other, I think. Yep. Um, but let's go pick number five, which is the Washington Redskins. And Mel Kuyper has got Dante Fowler Jr. going to the Redskins. And McShay has... Dante Fowler Jr. going to the Redskins. So the experts think he's going um, to the Redskins. Joe, where do you got uh, – who do you got the Redskins taking? I have the Redskins picking outside linebacker Vic Beasley from Clemson. He's arguably one of the better pass-rushing linebackers in the draft, but he also can convert into coverage. I think, you know, since the Redskins lose him, Brian Garoppolo. Big Beasley would easily take over that spot, and then they would have that one-two power for the linebackers getting to the quarterback with uh, Beasley and Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, and Joe, I tell you what, 
We agree again no. here, and I don't like it. <laughs> I have Vic Beasley. <laughs> I have Vic Beasley going to the Washington Redskins. This guy's an absolute stud. He's risen. He's rose up the boards since the NFL Combine. This guy's a freak athlete at the outside yep. linebacker position, and the Redskins would be dumb not to draft this guy. Um, that's all I'm going to say about him. I think he's. I think he's going to be damn good in the NFL. Um, maybe this is the pick here. Here we go. This is where it gets interesting. Hold on. I want to answer this pick before you do. So read no, off the contract. No, Joe, that's how it works here. <laughs> <laughs> that's just how the <laughs> – but here we go. Mel Kuyper, he's got Brandon Scherf, the uh, uh, offensive tackle from Iowa going to the New York Jets. And uh, McShay has Randy Gregory – um, outside linebacker from Nebraska. Now, for me, this is where the trades start to happen, I think. Um, I honestly think Chip Kelly has everything up his sleeve and everything in his power to move up in this draft, and here is where he does it. It's either here or pick 10 for the St. Louis Rams. But I think Todd Bowles is going to trade him, and Chip Kelly is going to get his dream Marcus Mariota at number six. Um, and that would leave the Jets moving to pick 20. I don't know what else they would give up for that, but just keeping it for this first round. The Eagles move up to six and get Marcus Mariota. Joe, what do you got? And I'm assuming you have the same damn thing. No, I don't, actually. No, I don't. But I do have a trade between... The Jets and the San Diego Chargers, Todd Bowles is going to notice that he needs no a franchise way. quarterback. He, he's a franchise quarterback. Phil Rivers, the way he's looking, he wants out of San Diego. So the trade, Phil Rivers, the 17th overall pick, the Chargers pick in the first round, and a fourth-round pick this year will go to the Jets, where the Jets will get the 17th pick, and the Chargers will move up and get Marcus Mariota. That's all wow, the Chargers. Joe, I didn't know, I didn't know you were the general manager for the Browns in draft day that's, right now. <laughs> that's all the Jets are missing. He, he's going to realize, you know, they have a, the Jets have a legit defense now signing. He's going to notice, you know what? I think me saying not having a franchise quarterback is going to come back and bite me. So if I can get a, get a guy like Phil Rivers to run that offense, oh, God, they're gonna, the Jets are going to be in competition for that division. Wow, I, I mean, I've seen that. I, I've, I, not all the picks, but I've seen the Phillip Rivers trade. Um, I'm not buying it. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, it could. You never know. The dra- This draft this year is just so unpredictable, just like free agency. I don't. I honestly don't know if anyone can predict what's going to happen, but it's a possibility. I'm not slamming you for that. Let's move on because we got to keep this rolling here. Um, uh, pick seven, we got the Chicago Bears, and Mel Kuyper's got the wide receiver and Kevin White going there at pick seven, and so does McShay. And Joe, we'll start with you. Where, who do you got going to the Bears? The Bears, I have them picking defensive tackle, nose tackle, big old Danny Shelton from Washington. John Fox is coming over from the Denver Broncos. He's a he loves his defense. The Bears were beyond awful. Awful if I can find another terrible on defense. You know, I think they're going to build that front. Now they're running a 3-4. They need that big old middle on that defensive line, and Danny Shelton is arguably probably the, one of the better nose tackles in the draft to start it off. Okay, well, and here's another here's – here's where we disagree again. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick defensively, too. I do not see John Fox taking a wide out in the first round. He's a no. defensive-minded coach, and he'll never do that. I'd be stunned if he did. Um, but I think they go, and I actually I actually had Shelton there, and then I switched him. Um, I got the Bears taking defensive end Shane Ray. Um, okay. there, has, there isn't many weaknesses to this guy at all. Um, he's an absolute freak. And I think they put him on the defensive line, and it just creates chaos for the NFC North teams. And... That's what they need. They need to re they re they need to redefine the Chicago Bears by rebuilding that defense back. And I think that's what John Fox is going to do in the first couple rounds. Um, 
So no real surprise there, just different different guys. Um, let's go to pick eight. We have Vic Beasley going to the Atlanta Falcons for Mel Kuyper, and we have Shane Ray going to the Atlanta Falcons for McShay. Um, here, I really hope this doesn't happen for the Panthers' sake, but this guy, I don't care about his off-the-field issues. If he would slip to Carolina, I guarantee you they would take him. Randy Gregory is going to Atlanta, and if he does, I don't like it at all. Um, this guy is very good. He's tough, um, hard hitter, and if he's coming to the NFC South, I'm not liking it one bit. But if Atlanta Falcons can pull it off, I think they're gonna and they're gonna take him. They're gonna take a gamble on his off the field issues with marijuana, and they're gonna get a hell of a player. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, with my pick, Falcons at eight. Same position, but different player. I had them picking Alvin Dupree from Kentucky. He's a bigger guy, so in formations, he could play the end. He could play linebacker, so he could play both. He could play tweener for the Falcons. Good pass rusher. He can cover some, too. So, you know, I got Dupree. All right, and let's move this thing along here. Um Pick nine, we got the New York Giants for Mel Kuyper. We got Shane Ray outside of linebacker, Missouri, and we got Brandon Scherf for Todd McShay, the offensive tackle out of Iowa. Joe, who do you got uh, the Giants for the picking? Gi- for the Giants, I had them picking Brandon Scherf from Iowa just because, you know, the Giants, most Giants at old school, they made that run to the Super Bowl. They had a big, strong offensive front, and that's what I think they're going to address. This pick with Sheriff can honestly upgrade two positions. Because there's a rumor saying they want to put Justin Pugh at guard, and that doesn't work out. Sheriff, I honestly think he's a better guard. He reminds me of a Zach Martin when he, he got drafted to Dallas. Played tackle in college, all Pro Bowl his rookie year. So I think Sheriff and the Giants, perfect fit. Yeah, and there's a new Sheriff in town. The guy's name is Rango. I'm just kidding. That's brand. I got Brandon Sheriff going to the Giants too. I think they need to help protect Eli here with his um, his his career is starting to uh, trickle a little bit here. Um, we'll see if he can bounce back with that new offensive coordinator that stint went in last year. So he's going to be his second year in the system, um, and he needs some protection. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to pick ten, the St. Louis Rams. This is where it's going to get interesting also. Um, for the Rams, we got um, uh, Mel Kuyper taking, uh, for the Rams, Brashad Perriman, wide receiver from Central Florida. And we also have another wide receiver for McShay, Devontae Parker. I personally think the St. Louis Rams go offensive line. Um uh-huh. And I think they go with Eric Flowers from Miami. And there's really no goddamn reason. That's what I think the pick is. So, Joe, go ahead. Smart minds think alike. It is offensive line. I think it's – I didn't have him picking Flowers, but I have him picking offensive tackle slash guard, Leo Collins from LSU. You know, they need to get that offensive line front stronger. They drafted one last year, Greg Robinson at two. Now he's going to play the left tackle. And Collins, we'll see where he plays. I think this year he'll play the left guard next to Greg Robinson because the Rams still have Joe Barksdale under contract for this year at right tackle. And maybe they'll sign him after this season. We'll see. And if they do, they'll have three good young pieces for the offensive line to build from. All right, let's move on then here. We have the Minnesota Vikings at pick 11 for uh, Mel Kuyper Jr., he's got Trey Waynes, cornerback from Michigan State, going on Minnesota. And Todd McShay has the LSU offensive tackle, uh, Lael Collins, I I'm, God, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, going to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Joe, who do you got? I hope Teddy Bridgewater is listening to this. He's probably not, but I have his old teammate, wide receiver Devontae Parker from Louisville going there. When Bridgewater was in Louisville, him and Devontae Parker is probably the, one of the best one-two going into college. Getting a familiar face to Bridgewater in the offense 
It's going to help Bridgewater just develop even more. So I think Devontae will be a Viking. Yeah, and I haven't looked at many mock drafts of the Vikings, so I don't know this, but I want to say that's one of the first times I've ever heard of that, and I, I, I think that's smart. I agree with your pick there. I don't have that, but I'm just agreeing with you. I mean, if that's the case, it could be a smart pick for them, especially losing Greg Jennings, but he wasn't much of that offense anyways, really. Um, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to uh, side with Mel Kuyper. I think they want another corner to go um opposite Xavier Rhodes and then that would move Captain Munnerlin to his um natural position at nickel and that cornerback position would be pretty well would be pretty good for them and they get Trey Wayne from Michigan State. Um James, are you falling asleep on us or can we keep going here? No, I'm here, man. I'm just listening. I'm just listening. You know, you told me that this part of the show would be specifically for um, for Joe, so I'm, I'm just listening and learning about our um, draft prospects. I'm not asleep. I'm just here. All right. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on then. We got the Cleveland Browns at pick 12. Um, Mel Kuyper has Devontae Parker going to the Browns, and it looks like McShay has Danny Shelton going to the Browns. Joe, actually, Joe just went, I think, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah, I have for Cleveland here, I got Danny Shelton, uh, the pick you had the Bears going to. This is where I flip-flopped yep. him. Um, so I got Danny Shelton, um, defensive tackle, going to the Browns. That defense is getting better every year, and it's gonna stay, they're going to stick to that, and that's going to be the backbone of that team. Joe, what do you got? All right. Johnny Manziel, you better be listening because I think you have a good shot winning starting quarterback and your new receiver, wide receiver Kevin White from West Virginia, will be your favorite weapon to throw to. All right. Taking the receivers off the board early. Interesting. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to the New Orleans Saints, their first pick in the first round. It looks like McShay or Mel Kuyper has Randy Gregory and McShay has Vic Beasley outside linebacker. And yeah, that's interesting that he has them fallen that far. Joe, who do the Saints take? I say the Saints, they need this whole draft need to focus on some defense. I think they pick outside linebacker Shane Ray from Missouri. If he didn't have that injury to his turf toe, you know, some teams are a little bit worried about that, but I think it'd be healthy way before the season starts. That is a that's probably one arguably one of my first steals of the draft right there. Saints getting Shane Ray. He's a freak of nature. You can play him anywhere on that front seven. About. Yeah, and I'm gonna stick to defense as well here. I got them taking uh, Eric Armstead, defensive tackle from Oregon. Oh, I like that. Um, they need some push up in the middle. Um, that's. It's that, it's that simple. Um, let's move on here to the Miami Dolphins, who are in desperate need of a wide receiver. Um, but the Dolphins at pick 14 have um, Mel Kuyper's got Danny Shelton going to them, and McShay has Brashad Perriman going to the Dolphins from Central Florida wideout. Um, here's where I got your guy that you just mentioned. I, I think – or no, yeah, you mentioned him a little while ago, I think. Um I got the Dolphins taking wide receiver Kevin White from West Virginia. Um, That'd be a steal. They need they need this guy receiver to replace um, Mike Wallace, and also lost I believe it was um, Brian Hartline to the Browns. So I think getting Kevin White at this spot would be good for them, and it it would be a gift. Okay. At 14 for me, I had them picking corner Trey Wayne from Michigan State. I believe that because, you know, Miami's getting up there in agent corner with Brent Grimes. About, I All right, about Joe, I'm going to actually season. cut you off here because we got I didn't know we were getting close right. to time. So the, until, until pick 20, we won't have any explanations. We'll just say who we picked. Um, let's move on here to the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Mel Kuyper has Eric Armstead defensive end from Oregon going to the Niners at pick 15. 
And McShay has Trey Wayne's cornerback from Michigan State going there. Joe, who do you got going to the Niners? I got cornerback Kevin Johnson from Wake Forest. And, Joe, you, you, you pass up on this guy, and this is who I think. I, we're both at corner here. Jalen Collins from LSU. Why, why skip over uh, Only One reason why I skipped up on him, because if you watch him on tape, he had some plays, but he kept getting replaced on the death chart. There's other corners that passed him up. I think he was going to get that one-year production. That's my question mark for me. So that's why I think I passed him up. I'd rather have a true corner that showed production in his years in college. So I'd rather have the more productive corner than not possibly wait for a wild card. All right, moving on here, the Houston Texans. <clears throat> no, Kuyper's got Bud Dupree, outside linebacker from Kentucky. And Todd McShay's got Darrell or or Green Beckham going to the Texans from Missouri. Um, I got a wide receiver as well going there. I got Devontae Parker, um, wide receiver from Louisville, slipping down to the Texans. I think they definitely need a wide out. What do they they have? Man, I keep that guy just slipped my mind. Um, they have DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins, and who else do they have? Didn't they pick up someone else too? I'm not sure. Well, anyway, I I don't know, but they did lose Andre Johnson, so um, they they need to pick up another wide receiver to go on opposite of Hopkins. So I definitely think wideout is a need for them. Joe, what do you got? You know. Wideout is a good need, but I think, you know, this is probably the deepest wide receiver class. I have them pick an outside linebacker, and this is a steal, Randy Gregory from Nebraska. He fell a little bit for me because, you know, the all the good issues. Parents, I tell you what, Gregory, Joe, this guy falls to them and they get him. This defense is going to be dirty. All I can say is three names, Wyatt, Gregory, and Clowney. Well, Joe is just trying – Joe must be a, uh, a secret Houston Texans fan and is just creating one of those – most elite defenses or front seven defenses in the NFL. Um, moving on here, Joe had this pick traded, and we'll wait okay. on his pick. But we have Malcolm Brown for Mel Kuyper, uh, defensive tackle from Texas going to San Diego. And we have Todd Gurley going to San Diego, Georgia running back for Todd McShay. Um, and Joe, we'll start with you. With the 17th pick, I did trade it, so now it's the Jets at 17. I had them picking running back Todd Gurley. Now the Jets get Phil Rivers from the trade. Give that, give Phil Rivers a good little star running back you can hand it off to. Todd Gurley. That's what the Jets have been Well, missing. Joe, I think uh, they should listen to you because I didn't think that would be too bad of a pick so far. Um, let's move on here to the Chiefs. We have, or Actually, me. I forgot about me. I got um, mm-hmm. Andrews. Piat. Is that how you say that? Andres Pete. Andres Pete, way off. Yep. All right. Offensive tackle. <laughs> this guy is a, just he's a, he's huge. Six seven, three sixteen, out of Stanford. This guy I think the Chargers I mean, we all see Phillip Rivers getting sacked all the time in San Diego and getting him protection I think is, is gonna be key for them. I do not see him getting traded. I'm still going to stand behind that. Um, moving on, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at pick 18. Mel Kuyper has Jalen Strong, wide receiver, Arizona State. And for Todd McShay, he has Cameron Irving, offensive or center, excuse me, center for Florida State. Um, here I am going with, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going with, with Collins, the offensive tackle from LSU. I I think they need an offensive lineman, and there you go. Okay, well, my pick at 18, if you know Andy Reid, he likes those big bodies on the front, so I have him picking offensive tackle Andres Pete from Stanford, and I define him as a dancing bear. Big, strong kid, moving his feet well. Bear. Dancing bear. Moving his right. well, and he'll be a good blocker. You stole that from the guy last week. Good job. Uh, <laughs> let's go on. We're not even. Gonna, we're not going to talk Mel Kuyper's fixes. We're still running out of time. You're only at 19. All right, the Cleveland Browns are at pick 19. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. We're at. We're at the Browns. Joe, what do you got for the Browns? Who are they taking? 
The Browns, I have them picking offensive tackle Eric Flowers from Miami. They want a right tackle since they're moving their right tackle. They got now Mitchell Schwartz, the right guard. They want to upgrade the offensive line in general. Yeah, I'm going to stick with offensive line, too. I got them taking DJ Humphreys. Uh, a lot of people say he's going to fall to Carolina. I think the Browns take him. Let's move on here to the Eagles at pick 20. Um, and like I've said before, this is my trade. So this is actually the New York Jets. And they are taking... Excuse me. <coughs> they are taking offensive tackle TJ Clemmings from Pittsburgh. Um, they need someone to protect whoever is at the helm there, whether it's Geno Smith or someone else. But I think uh, protection is the way to go. Joe? Okay, I have, I have a trade also. But you, people might be shocked. This trade, the Eagles trade with New England Patriots. People never know what Bill Belichick's going to do. But, you know, since losing Darrell Revis, and Browner, the two top corners, you know, it's like, you know, to repeat, I'm going to get a top corner. He's going to get Marcus Peters, corner from Washington. And they gave up the 32nd pick and a third-round pick. So, Eagles move back to the 32nd pick for me. All right, now going to pick 21, we have the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe, what do you got for them? I have them picking defensive tackle Malcolm Brown from Texas, another big dancing bear. You know, the Bengals, when they succeed, they get to the quarterback, put a good – Young D tackle next to Geno Atkins. And all right, Joe, I shorten up your little speeches here because we don't have much nope. time. Let's go to pick twenty-one. We have um, for me the Cincinnati Bengals taking Brashad Perryman, wide receiver from Central Florida. Um, you got you got AJ Green over there, and now you got Brashad Perryman along with Gresham. I think they still got Gresham. Christ, I don't even know that offense anymore. No, Gresham's um, a free agent. Oh, he is okay. Well, they they just got Brashad Perriman now. Going on to the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going with defense. A lot of people say safety. I'm not buying it. Um, I think they take defensive tackle Eddie Goldman. Um, they'll add some big presence up the middle for them, 6'4", 314, um, and that's the Pittsburgh pick. Pittsburgh, for me, they get Landon Collins, safety from Alabama, to be the replacement for Paul Mello. Fair enough. All right, then let's move on here. We have Detroit, the Detroit Lions, and this pick I've been waiting for. Um, I don't know. I don't, I've seen maybe one mock draft with this, maybe, maybe, a, maybe a few more, but I haven't seen much of this. Um, they need someone to replace uh, good old Reggie Bush. I think they take Melvin Gordon out of Wisconsin, and he ends up going to Detroit just just across the lake there. Um, and you got Melvin Gordon and Joy Bell um, in the backfield. Good luck with that. All right, with the 23rd pick with me for Detroit, Curtis, bright minds think alike. I have them picking running back Melvin Gordon. All righty. Let's move on here to Arizona Cardinals. Who do you got them taking at pick 24? I have them picking defensive tackle, no tackle. Eric Armstead from Oregon to be a replacement from Danny Williams. That's yeah, and I, I, I'm the same way. They need someone to replace that guy. Um, and they get nose tackle Jordan Phillips out of Oklahoma. Big guy, 6'6", 334. Um, he's got the speed. He's got the weight. He's, he, he, he's a big athlete for them in the middle and they need to keep that powerhouse defense they have. And now the pick we've all been waiting for. I think hopefully, hopefully James is not sleeping. The Carolina Panthers nope, are pick 25. And this is going to change for me by next week. I'll pick up in about 20 minutes, about an hour ago. Um, but I got them taking... I, I was watching videos on this guy about two days ago, all of his videos on draft breakdown. And this guy, with the front seven we have, they go defense, and they get Landon Collins a safety, and that defense is going to be dirty. Oh, wow. Wow. That's Joe? Awesome. I, like, I do like that pick. But, you know, I think Cam's hoping for, you know, more potential better blocking. I've been saying this pick for a while. I think they get offensive tackle. DJ Humphreys from Florida be a short thing starting tackle. I disagree. I do not think they go offensive tackle in the first two rounds. Hear that? Ooh. First two rounds. 
All right. Moving on to pick 26, the Baltimore Ravens. What do you got, Joe? I have wide receiver Jalen Strong. Yes, he fell because of his injury, but give Joe Flacco a true receiver. Yeah, and I'm sticking with a receiver, too. They got they need someone to uh, replace Torrey Smith, and I got Darrell Green Beckham going there. Um, faster guy, um, someone who's got some good hands, and this could this could this could be a a big weapon, I think, um, for Joe Flacco with Steve Smith there, um, and all. And then they they added someone too, didn't they? I thought they got someone. Uh, I don't even remember. There's so god. There's so many moves in the off season. I can't even remember. Well, let's move on here. The Dallas Cowboys at pick twenty seven. This is. You know, I want. I did this because I think it makes the most sense, but I, I don't know what the Cowboys. Um, but with pick 27, I got them taking. They need someone to pick up the load DeMarco Murray had, and that's Todd Gurley Ooh. from Georgia. Joe? Uh-huh. Okay, at 27, I think Dallas been going enough defense. They got the offensive line now. Now I think they start rebuilding that defense. They get defensive tackle – Nose tackle Eddie Gilman from Florida, big guy that can start controlling that front front side of the Dallas. All right, let's move on to pick twenty-eight, the Denver Broncos. What do you got? I got him picking offensive tackle T.J. Clemens from Pittsburgh. He'll be Orlando Franklin's replacement now. He's gonna be at right tackle when they move Vasquez back at guard. Yeah, I'm going to the defensive side of the ball, and I was reluctant to do this, but I couldn't find a wide receiver that I liked, and. Uh, Gary Kubiak made a point that he is going to find weapons for Peyton Manning. I think they go wide receiver, but I just couldn't find anyone that I liked for that uh, position for them. Um, Philip Dorsett kind of made sense, but I didn't know if they really wanted that kind of a burner. Um, but I have I went defense, defensive end, and I do not know how to pronounce this guy's name, so I'm just going to say Uga Booga. Uh, <laughs> be something um, out of UCLA uh, yes. defensive end there so we'll see um, but that's my pick let's move on here to uh, the Colts at um, pick 29 and for the Colts I have them taking Cameron Irving that's the center out of Florida State um, anytime you can get pressure uh, take off pressure from Andrew Luck. He'll torch you all day. I think if they pick up this guy, sure up that offensive line and maybe get a running back out of it too. Um, but what do you got, Joe? I got them picking, you know, the Colts, they are a defensive leg going to the Super Bowl. So I think they're going to go towards the defensive side of the ball. Defensive tackle, nose tackle, Jordan Phillips from Oklahoma. All right, moving on here to the Green Bay Packers. Um, and Joe, you Fire away at pick 30. Okay. Packers, they need a middle linebacker. They lost A.J. Hawk and Brad Jones. They want to move Clay back out of his natural position on the outside. So I think they're picking Eric Kendricks from UCLA. Eric Kendricks from UCLA. And actually, you yep. stole my pick there. I think the same thing. They obviously need an inside linebacker. And without a doubt, uh, they're going to get one in the first round. I'd be stunned otherwise unless some guy fell to them. Um, so I have, I have Eric Kendricks going to the Packers as well. Here we go. Pick 31, a a pick I do not want happening, but I think it's going to, and this is for the New Orleans Saints. Everyone knows they did trade with the Seattle Seahawks, so they have two picks in the first round. A pick 31, the Saints get outside linebacker Shaq Thompson, um, from Washington. They need someone on that defensive side of the ball in the middle or on the, in the linebackers, and this guy would be an absolute stuff. Joe, I've Hello? fallen over. Right. What's going on? No. Um, I almost went that same pick, but I think they'll get a weapon. You know, they lost Kenny Stills. So I think they pick wide receiver Rashad Perryman. Yes, he fell this far from me because, you know, same thing with the production situation. You know, I think he'd be a good target for Drew Brees and a better production to play on the outside, and then you put Brandon Cooks in the slot. And this pick with 32, it's funny because Joe thinks Marcus Peters isn't going to follow the Patriots, and I do. I have the Patriots getting Marcus Peters with the last pick in the first round of the 2015 NFL draft. For me, 
for my 30-second pick, I actually had the New England trading up to 20 to get Peters because Peters, arguably, if he didn't get kicked off the team and his issues, he's the best corner in the draft. I still think he is. But, you know, 30-second pick for me is the Eagles, and I had them picking corner Byron Jones from Connecticut, from UConn. If you notice him, he was the combine star. Then you watch him. He's a big, physical guy that wants to stay in your face, and I think that's what the Eagles need besides go toward the outside with Byron Maxwell. Well, that's that's all we have time for, Joe. I thank you um, and for me and you for doing this mock draft. It was fun, and we'll definitely sure pick was. up where the Panthers are going to go in the next in the rest of the rounds next week for our draft special before the NFL draft. James, thanks for tuning in. You got to talk a little bit there in the beginning with the schedule, and you were kind of a listener tonight, but that's all right. Um, thanks for your input as well. And thanks to everyone who will be listening to this later, hopefully. Um, and remember, you can get all your updated Carolina Panthers news and information by checking us out either through Twitter at Panthers360 or through our Facebook page at Panthers360. We just released the schedules before, so check that out on Twitter. You can also check out our website by going to www.panthers360.com where you can stay up to date on all of our articles and radio show recordings. Don't forget to tune in next week, Tuesday at either 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. Eastern. I don't know when yet. But thanks again for Joe and James for coming on to our live show tonight. And just remember, Panthers fans, here at Panthers 360 Radio, anything football, anything Panthers. Hello? Uh, yeah, this thing is not ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I got to wrap it up, so I'm going to actually just quit out of this. See you all later. Good show. Okay.